Amen. Amen and amen. Go with me back to Genesis. Genesis, the first chapter. Shouldn't take you long to get there. Genesis, the first chapter. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus for his word. We honor the word on today. Amen. And I'm going to read verse 1 through verse 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. I want to read it again. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. I want to talk about Holy Spirit on the scene. Holy Spirit on the scene. In the beginning of that, we see that it said that God created that means when he created, he took some, he made something out of nothing. There was nothing there. God is the creator. He's the one, Elohim, that created the heaven and the earth. So we got to look at him as the creator. If God had not have created anything, there would be nothing that was created. Because we know it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Without the word of God, nothing would have been made that was made. So we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working together in creation. And then it said the earth was without form. It was void. That means it was empty, y'all. It was nothing there. It was tore up from the floor. But the verse I want to focus on is where it says the Spirit the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. That means the Spirit was hoovering. The Spirit was broadening. The Spirit was waiting. What was the Spirit waiting on? The Spirit of God was waiting on God to speak forth the word of God so the Spirit could release the power and life of God. So God is saying that the Holy Spirit will come on the scene, but we act like we don't have a helper. We're doing it ourselves too much. And the Holy Spirit can't help you if you don't want his help. But the Holy Spirit was there hoovering. He was waiting for the command from, from God, the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. It is the wind of God. So when I'm speaking the word of God, it is the breath of God that's coming out of my mouth that's ready to produce, that's ready to give life to what the word of God is saying. We can't take it lightly, y'all. We need the Holy Spirit on the scene in order for the power and life of God to be released amongst us to be released in the atmosphere so when God began to show me that God was was letting me know through the Holy Spirit we're not using the Holy Spirit the way that we need to use him we are still trying to do it ourselves he said if I have given you a helper use the one I have given you you cannot do this by yourself so he began to remind me Dealing with the scene, y'all, he showed me this. 
You know how when things happen in our lives, when a fire takes place, you call the fire department. The first thing that you do, you call 911. 911 don't only show up with the firemen, it show up with the ambulance, it show up with the police, because come on, ain't that three of them? They work together. They come on the scene. I remember when I was in my house frying a piece of sausage, and all of a sudden the smoke detector come off. Before we can get the smoke detector turned off, somebody knocking at my door. All these fire engines coming. Here come the police. I'm like, young, oh, the police. But then I'm saying, what y'all doing at my house for a piece of sausage? All of them coming on the scene. How did they get there on the scene? Because the smoke that was in the house called them forth. What am I saying? The Holy Spirit want to be called forth on the scene. Because as soon as you speak the word of God, and that word of God, come out of your mouth you should have an expectancy for the holy spirit to deliver hallelujah what the word is saying he's right there and y'all act like you ain't got no help come on the holy spirit is just waiting he said let me out let me do a work he said i want to work in you I want to work through you. I want to manifest the glory of God unto the people that's around you. He said, let me out. Let me on the scene. We still trying to do it ourselves. Trying to pay our bills. Trying to heal ourselves. Trying to deliver ourselves. He said, let me out. Let me do a work. Hmm. The Holy Spirit was moving. He was waiting. They were working together. Only thing he was waiting on was for God to speak. And when God began to speak the word, Holy Spirit said, okay, I'm on the scene. He said, I want to be on every scene in your life. He said, but you ain't inviting me. You're not allowing me because you think that you can do it alone he said that ain't how I set it up he said you going outside of what I have already set up for you see the Holy Spirit after creation was created God said now this is what I want y'all to catch this because we're going to get deep into it he said this is what I'm going to do now he said creation is already done the Holy Spirit have already done everything that I have spoken he then he go, he said, now let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let us, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He said, let us make them in our likeness, in our image. Let them have our spirit. Let them have our characteristics. So then he made male and female. In the image of God, he created them. He made them. So they were spirit beings. But God said, I need somebody to uh, have authority on this earth. So he formed man from the dust of the ground. That was your shell that he formed. But he said, this body ain't going to be able to do nothing without life in that body. He said, so I'm going to have to take the breath of God, the spirit of God, and blow it in to the body of man. And when I blow the breath into man, y'all better catch. 
without my breath into man, you are nothing. So when he did it, man became a living soul. That means he became spirit, soul, and body. He said, now I have made you complete in me. Now you got a job to do. You got a work to do here on this earth. And then he said, Adam, which Adam is for male and female. Eve was already in Adam. So everything he heard, Eve already heard it. Because woman was already there in man. It wasn't just man, it was woman and man in that one body. So after he did that, he said, I want you to name these animals. And whatever you call them, that's what they would be. When Adam started calling forth, the Holy Spirit was going to work. He said, that's what you said, that's what it's going to be. See, the Holy Spirit was at work then. But y'all know what happened. The enemy was mad because man had all of that authority. Man had right to the earth where he got thrown to. Y'all don't catch it, right? So he got right. So Satan had to come up with a plan. So he used God's creation to take away the authority that God gave man. But remember, God always warned you. God always lets you know what not to do because he said if you do it, there are going to be some consequences. So he said, do not eat from this tree. When you eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, you shall surely die. What God mean, it wasn't a physical death, it was a spiritual death. That means that the life of God, the breath of God that's in you will depart from you. So y'all know sin in the earth. But how many know God already had a plan? Look at your neighbor and say, you can't get nothing over on God. Say, quit trying. Say, it ain't working. And say, it's not going to work. Do you know who he is? God heard what you were going to do before you did it. So y'all know what happened. There was a fall. Sin came upon the whole universe. That means that sin corrupted the whole world. There was sickness. There was disease. There was all kind of things that was going on. But this is what God did. He had a plan of redemption. He had the plan to come off of his throne because he couldn't find not no man, not no woman to do what he could do because we had sin. He that was without sin, that knew no sin, became sin for us so we can become the righteousness of God through him. So God came down. As his son on the earth. And here, this is where I'm going. And he walked the earth. But in order for him to do what God had called him to do, guess what? He was in a human body. So if you follow the life of Jesus, you should know there's nothing on this earth that can overtake you. Because he walked the earth. And he proved as he walked the earth that there was nothing that could overtake the power of God. So as a child, y'all know what he did. He studied the scriptures. He stayed in fellowship. Y'all got to understand how important it is to stay in fellowship. How important it is to stay into the word. Come on, he was the son of God, became the son of man, but he still entered the synagogue to get taught by man, even though he had the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. He still needed to be in fellowship, in tune with other believers. 
So y'all know he grew up, right? And when he grew up, God said, "Uh uh-uh, not finished with you yet. This man was 30 years old before he started his ministry of healing, delivering, and bringing the kingdom of God. It's too many novices out here trying to bring something from God and don't even know who they are now that they're in Christ. So this is what he did. He had to have the spirit of God come upon him to do the work of God. So y'all know what happened. John Baptist, he was preaching, but Jesus came and then John had to leave the same. But Jesus was full of the power of God. The, the Holy Spirit descending upon him. That's the power of God. So after the Holy Spirit depend, uh, come upon him, ascended upon him, guess what happened? That's when his ministry started. But the Holy Spirit took him in the wilderness. Holy Spirit on the scene, right? Who would think Holy Spirit would lead you into a wilderness, Rico, if he didn't know you were ready to come out? Nobody don't want to be led in a wilderness. Nobody don't want to be going through nothing. I don't know about you. Just leave me alone. Just let me rest for a little bit, for a while. But Jesus was ready because he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He was prepared spiritually, physically. He was prepared. And guess what? Y'all know what the first thing that Jesus said to Satan. Man does not live by bread alone. Let's say that again. Say it again. See, some of us think we can be satisfied if we just get a few good meals. That don't satisfy you. But he said, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, that's how we live. Why? Because Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. God's word is the breath of God that's being breathed on you to bring you the life of God to give you whatever you need in that dead situation so when you begin to speak the word of God you should see the spirit of God moving upon it because it is the breath of God and you should know you already have what you have spoken because the word and the spirit work together So every word that Jesus spoke, the spirit of God was there to breathe because it comes through the breath of his mouth. So y'all know what happened. Jesus had to get his disciples. He had to get the followers. They had to come and follow Jesus. So they began to follow Jesus. But he said, you got to deny yourself and take up the cross and follow me. What Jesus meant by following me, he said, you got to stick steadfastly. You got to cleave unto me. You got to live according to me, not according to the way that you used to live. And in order to do that, you got to deny yourself. You got to give up you and you got to walk in the spirit and not entertain the flesh. You got to live according to the spirit. So they followed Jesus. They were sticking close to Jesus. Everything that Jesus taught, they observed. Everything that Jesus did, they watched him do it. So 
So Jesus was teaching them. And the reason why Jesus was teaching them, because he knew one day he's going to leave them. He said, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. So the day that Jesus got ready to leave, remember, he taught him about healing. He taught him about prosperity. He taught him about deliverance. He taught him about paying their bills too. Because they owe taxes. He said, Peter, I want you to go. And the first fish that come up and open his mouth, get the money out of that fish. Who's the fish in here that got my tax money? The only thing you do is open your mouth, give it to me. That's mine. God told me to come to you, give it. You got my taxes. So this is what Jesus told Peter to do. And he paid Peter tax. He paid the tax. And he let him know what belonged to Caesar belonged to Caesar. But what belonged to God belongs to God. So see, he tell us how to handle even our money. He tell us how when we get low on stuff, two fishes, five loaves of bread. He tell us about the storms that come in our lives and how we can quiet the storms and saying, peace, be still. Because you don't supposed to be up in my life. Peace, be So he showed them all of that. But can you imagine the one that would teach them all these things? He would give them parables. He would talk about the sower, sowing the seed, and he would break it down as the word of God, and he would tell them the different grounds it was sowed in, which was the heart. So he taught them well. He taught them how to be fishermen of men. But then one day Jesus began to say, how he was going to be crucified. And Peter began to come out against him. He knew it was not Peter. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. He let Peter know that the enemy comes to shift you like wheat. But I've been praying for you, Peter. So he taught them about prayer. He taught them about fasting. He taught them everything that needed to be taught. But then one day he said, I'm going to leave you. He said, but let not your heart be troubled. And neither let it be afraid. So after Jesus told them that, he said, I'm going to send you a comforter. The comforter that I'm going to, he said, I'm going to send you another comforter. That word another mean I'm sending someone to take my place. Meaning that he's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your assistant. He's going to be your standby. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to be the one that leads you, guides you into all truth. He's going to bear witness of me. He's going to bring glory unto me. He's going to be the spirit of truth. This is all that he's going to bring to you is truth. Come on, y'all. He said, that's who I'm going to leave with you. Another one that's going to take my place. He's taking my place and the father is sending him in my name to represent me. That's who you're going to have with you. So let not your heart be troubled. So this is what he told him. But then he said, he's going to abide with you forever. Abide means he's not going to leave you. He's going to be there with you continually. He was telling them, but in order for him to be there, you have to know that he is there. See, we don't recognize the Holy Spirit. We recognize the Father. We recognize the Son. He said, but you're out of order. He said, because you got to go to the Holy Spirit, the one that I have given you. The Holy Spirit goes to the Son, and then the Son goes to the Father, and it brings it back down to the Holy Spirit to give you what I have said. We work together. And you know what we do? Father, 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 hold it. I didn't tell you to call me. I told you to call on the Holy Spirit. 
I told you to call on your helper. See, he want us to get used to his helper, which is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to help you. He said, did not say I'm not going to leave you comfortless. So that's why you got to call on the Holy Spirit. And y'all, last night when I was sitting there and I was meditating on this, and when he said how the disciples had to let go of themselves so the Holy Spirit can come in and do a work. And as I was sitting there with my hands raised, my eyes closed, I can see my body just drifting off. And as I saw my body drifting off, I can see the light of God. He said, when you get in the way, I can't shine through. He said, so you got to see yourself letting go. He said, when you let go, the light can come through the mist of what's going on. He said, but you still trying to fix it. So then the Lord began to say, we have to know that we have the Holy Spirit. The day that we accepted Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, we invited him to come into our lives. Why did we do that? Because when we heard the good news... The gospel concerning the kingdom, we realized we couldn't save ourselves. We realized that the law was written for them to let them know they were in the need of a savior. And when those laws would come, that's when that spirit, that old nature would rise up and it would control you and it would compel you to do what the law was telling you not to do. This is why it was such a struggle. When God said, don't do it, that's when they end up doing it because they were up under that old man. But when Jesus came in on the scene, Jesus was the only one that could fulfill all the standards of God. This is why it says, for by grace you're saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It wasn't you who saved you. It was the grace of God, but you had to grab hold of faith to tap into grace. So what happened? Jesus was dependent on his father. But now he's leaving us the Holy Spirit for us to depend on the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit said, I want to come in and on the scene. So he's in you. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Once you believe, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit that Jesus promised. Meaning that that identifies you as being God's own. But then it said you're sealed until the day of redemption. But what is happening unto us? We don't believe we have a helper. Until you come to believe that you have a helper, that you have one that has come to assist you, to walk alongside of you, this is how it is. As I'm walking and I'm talking with you, the Holy Spirit is walking everywhere I go to assist me with whatever I need. When I come up on trouble, the Bible tells me I don't have to premeditate on what I'm going to say. I trust the Holy Spirit so much that when I open my mouth, the Holy Ghost speaks on my behalf because he is my advocate. He is the judge. He is the jury. He's the one that pleads my case. He only testifies and bears witness to what Jesus have already done. So I'm trusting his goddess. That's why in my mind I said, Holy Spirit, I need you. And when you open your mouth, this is how it happens. This is why you have to go into the word. You have to read it. You have to study it. 
You have to meditate on it. Why? Because Jesus said this to his disciples in John 14, 26. He said, the Holy Spirit is not only your comforter, but he's going to teach you all things. Understand this. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you all things. That means that as I go into the word of God, he's going to give me understanding. He's going to give me knowledge. He's going to give me wisdom of the word. This is why you pray and say, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and understanding. I thank you for opening up my eyes to see the wonderful things out of your law. I thank you that the eyes of my understanding today is being enlightened. So I will know what is the hope of your calling. What is the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in Christ Jesus? What is the exceeding greatness of your power to was us who believe the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Oh God, he's on the inside of me. So I call him forth today in the midst of my day because I can't do this by myself. Holy Spirit, illuminate the word today. Let it penetrate my very being that when I open my mouth, it comes out like a fire and it devours everything going on around me you cannot live without the word because you are a spiritual being you are born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible seed which lives and abides forever so you cannot the spirit will not move without the word because Jesus said he's only going to testify unto me He's only going to bear witness. Who is Jesus? The word. If you ain't getting the word in you, the Holy Spirit ain't testifying to your flesh. It don't add up. So if you are not in the word of God, the Holy Spirit ain't going to show up on the scene. Because you ain't in the word. This is why when Paul, when he went to Thessalonians, when he went over there, they, he said, I thank God for you. He said, because when you heard the word, you didn't take it as a human word. You took it as the word of God, as what it truly is. He said, by you doing this, the word works effectually in those that believe. What is he talking about? Jesus is the word. So by them believing the word of God, that it come from God and not coming from man, the word began to work effectually on the inside of them so they could live according to the word because they took the word for what it was. This is not my word. This is God's word. I'm just the one delivering the word. So if you're looking at me like it's my word, the word is not going to work the way it needs to work because you're looking at me. But when you go into the word and you take the word for what the word is, that's when the word begin to work. So that's what Jesus is saying on today. This is what he's saying. I want the Holy Spirit to come on the scene. And as the Holy Spirit come on the scene, you will see my glory. You're not seeing my glory because you're not letting the Holy Spirit work. You trying to come up with stuff yourself. You're trying to come up with how to fix it. You're trying to come up with how to get the people to do this and do that. It ain't about you. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work that Jesus, that God have sent him to do. He will teach you all things. The Bible tells us that you need no man to teach you. That does not mean that you don't come to fellowship. 
That means that you have the Holy Spirit to teach you whatever need to be taught when nobody else is around. He takes the word. He opens up the word. I'll give you an example. Jeremiah, when he was shut up in prison, Jeremiah was so upset because they didn't want to hear Jeremiah. So Jeremiah said, I'm not going to say nothing else. But he said the word was like a fire. Let me help you with that. See, the word, when the word is spoken, the Holy Spirit is the fire. And when that word is deep on the inside of you and it's working effectually in you, you're going to feel the fire of God, which is the Holy Spirit. And he said, wait a minute now, I want this to come out of you because somebody need it. And Jeremiah said it was like a fire shut up in my bones. And he said, I couldn't contain it. The more word you get, you can't keep it in lockdown. Because it becomes a fire, the Holy Spirit and the word begin to work together. And God is saying, somebody need this word. So he could not but help to speak it. Because the more you stay in it, when you begin to open your mouth, that's what's going to come out of you. I remember this and me and my sister, we talk about it. I, I remind my youngest sister when she would call me when she was young and, and I would sit on the phone and talk to her. She said, listen here, Amanda, I don't need no pastor. I need a sister today. <laughs> I said, Shanita, I said, I'll be your sister, but today I'm going to be both. I have to tell you what the word says. So today we laugh at it because she said, I'm so glad that you told me what the word said. I said, I can't help but give you. What God says, because that's what love does. See, the Holy Spirit comes in and, and sheds the love of God in your heart through the Holy Ghost. He's the one that brings the love of God in your heart. So if I got love for you, I can't allow you to fall in a ditch just because you're feeling good right now in what you're doing. See, the love of God that the Holy Spirit has shed apart in my heart, had put in my heart, that means that I got to release that under you and let you know this is what love is telling you not to do. But some of us love people so much, but that's not the love of God. The love of God is going to tell people what the word of God is saying. I don't care who it is. I don't care how mad they get. Come on, God would overpower that with his word. Because when you have the love of God, Holy Spirit on the scene, because the love of God, the compassion of God begin to rise up in you and you begin to tell them truth. He's only going to testify through truth. He don't know nothing about no lie. But he recognized a lie and he overturns the lie with truth. You have the Holy Spirit. He ain't ignorant. It's us. He knows everything. This is why he's supposed to walk with you every day. Every day you get up, you're supposed to say, welcome, Holy Spirit. I need you today. I cannot live today on this earth without you because I know I'll make some mistakes so I'm calling you in on the scene I'm welcoming your advice today I'm welcoming your counsel today I'm welcoming everything you want to give me today and by the way Holy Spirit you know I don't want to go to work today you know it. so I need your help even going and I need your help even when I get there Holy Spirit 
This is why we spend time with the Holy Spirit. See what we do? Some of us wake up, roll over, go take a shower. Some people don't. They wash high and low and hit the door. And they don't even think about saying, thank you, God. They don't even think about none of that. They think about, I'm going to be late for work, and they're going to fire me today. That's where our mindset is. And then we don't even think, and then we're speeding, and then we say, help me, Holy Ghost. He ain't helping you with that. Holy Ghost, Jesus, help me not to get a ticket. You knew what you were doing. And Holy Ghost said, I ain't on that scene. I ain't got nothing to do with that because that's breaking the law. So he ain't going to come in on that. So we have to call the Holy Spirit in on the scene. Y'all, I ain't even got to the meter this yet. All night long, me and Holy Spirit dreaming together. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, so we look at the Holy Spirit and his duties, his jobs. Y'all, we got to allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. We got to allow him to help us. Not when we Mm, you know, want something quick. Oh, Lord, I lost my keys. The pastor, Amanda said, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, where my keys? Where my keys, Holy Spirit, where my keys? And he'd been talking to him in centuries. Now you want him to find the keys. Well, I left him, Holy Spirit, I'm waiting. I'm wait- well, let me go. Honey, could you- where's the other set of keys? Because you don't got time for the Holy Spirit. Because you, you don't trust him. You don't even know what he's supposed to do. So now you don't call somebody else because they can do quicker than the Holy Spirit can do. You don't want to wait on him. Or you're reading the word of God. Holy Spirit, apostle said that if I pray this right here, you'll open up the word. Okay, I'm going to do it. I don't understand it. I'm, I'm just going to move on. I ain't got time for this. And I done sat here for about three minutes and I ain't got nothing yet. I'm just going to shut this Bible. Can't say I didn't try. Don't have time for the Holy Spirit. Don't have time, but have time for everything else. Have time to go in Piggly Wiggly Food Line, Walmart, Burger King, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A. Y'all, I can name them all. I believe we done hit everything in town. Ain't the same no more. Some wore out. You know how something get wore out? You just don't have a taste for nothing. Know what I mean? We can hit all them places like that. But if we hit the word like that, we'll never wear it out. Because the Holy Spirit will give you revelation on top of revelation, on top of revelation. And every time you go back, he give you more from the word. Oh, I didn't see that before. I know you didn't. So I'm going to give you a little bit more because I see how interested you are in the word. So it don't take you as long to get it like somebody else because you're sitting there and you're waiting on it. And you're not going to him for you. You're going to him because you're saying, I want to spend time with you today. Let me tell you how that time helps. It helped Jeremiah. When Jeremiah was shut up in prison, the word that Jeremiah had in him, it helped him to get through his situation because he had a helper with him. The only difference is the Holy Spirit wasn't indwelling Jeremiah. The Holy Spirit would come upon them. He didn't have an indwelling in them. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which dwells on the inside of us, y'all. So the Holy Spirit is there forever. But we have to invite him to help us. He's not going to intrude if you don't want his help. This is why the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. This is what it means to grieve. How do you grieve him? By not obeying the word. 
When you don't do what the word says, you grieve the Holy Spirit. And then it says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Quench means it's like a fire to put out. How do we put out the Holy Spirit? By not allowing him to help you. By not allowing him to manifest himself. By not allowing him to do the work that God has sent him to do. You are quenching him. You are saying, stand still. I got this. I handle this. Because you don't want his help. So he said, that's what we don't supposed to do. But let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus needed the power of God to come upon him for ministry, y'all. So when he had the power of God, he had the gifts of the Spirit. He had the fruit, which has been dwelling, but he had the gifts. And those gifts of the Spirit, they were used each time Jesus went somewhere. The Holy Spirit will work those gifts as he will. You can't stir up something on your own. The Holy Spirit is going to stir up that gift. It's nine of them. If the Holy Spirit want to stir up a word of knowledge to tell somebody what's presently happening in their lives, you can be standing before somebody, and because you spend time with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you about their lives because he can trust you with that, and he began to tell them what they did last night, where they were last night, and you need to come out of that place that you were in, and then he began to give them a word of wisdom and then the gift of prophecy to build them up began to come in and then he began to heal the gift of healing and then he said oh by the way the problem you've been having with your back God said you already the healed of the Lord your discs have already been healed he making every crooked place straight every bit of tingling that's going down your right leg it's healed right now in Jesus name swelling in your body healed right now in Jesus name When you wake up in the morning, your bones don't be cracking. They don't be aching. You're going to wake up leaping and shouting for joy. And they knew that when they roll over, they hear some cracking. But now they know that the Holy Spirit has come in on the scene. Those are the gifts of the Spirit. This is why Jesus told those disciples. Now, this is the part I'm getting to. He told them. He said in John 20, he breathed on them. That was his breath of life. That was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But in Luke 24, he said, now I want you to wait in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. He said, and when you're in that upper room, you're going to be endued with power from on high. When he get to Acts 1, he said, now I want you to remember this after he got through talking about the kingdom for 40 more days. He said, you cannot be an effectual witness. He reminded them before Acts 2 and Acts 1.8. You cannot be an effectual witness until the power of God come upon you. So he said, listen, boys, if you don't wait for this power, you cannot be an effectual witness for me in these regions that I'm going to send you. So guess what they did? This is the key. They come together. They were in one accord. They were in one place. They were waiting on the same thing. They were in prayer together. And when they got to Acts 2, this is where I'm going. Y'all pay attention. We want the Holy Spirit on the same. Listen at this in Acts 2. Isn't God good? And all the time, he's good. Listen at this. 
It said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Y'all, it is so important that we all be on one accord. We can't have no isms and schisms. And suddenly, listen at this, there came a sound, oh God, from heaven, they on earth. But there was a sound that come from heaven. Why did that sound come from heaven? Because they was being obedient to, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. They were being obedient to what Jesus said, the word. So when you're obedient to the word, the Holy Ghost is going to show up on the scene. Y'all don't get it. Y'all excited as I am. You don't have to try to make it work. You just be obedient. And then it said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing. It was a mighty wind, y'all. And listen at what happened when this, remember, the spirit of God is like a wind. It's like a breath. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Anybody catch that? Jesus told them to go to the upper room. And wait to be endued from power on high. They came together with one accord through the word that was spoken. And by them being there on the day of, see, this is what I said, at God's appointed time. God had this to happen on the day of Pentecost for a reason. But he said, I need some obedience to my word. And I need for you to be where I told you to be because I'm going to deliver my promise. He gave them a promise. He said, but you got to be in position for what I said, Teresa. So they got in position. They were in the upper room. And all of a sudden, not just one of them, it was 120 of them, heard a sound from heaven. And it was like a mighty rushing wind. And it said, and it filled the house. Filled the house you the house the holy spirit want to fill this body spirit many soul many and body he don't want to leave not one of them out he said i want to take over so he filled the house and then after he filled the house to let them know i'm up in the house see the house got to be filled first the house got to be filled first this is why when deliverance takes place you don't leave an empty house that house got to be filled with the power of God so it was filled and then after that this is how he showed itself and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire and it sat upon each of them So the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty wind. He filled the house, but then he peered to each one like a fire, like clothing tongues, and sat upon them. So they were endued with power, and they began to speak in all these other languages. Where am I going? I want to talk about being filled. In Ephesians, I believe it's 5, it talks about be not filled. Let me go there. I want y'all to catch on because God said that's what we're missing. It said, be not drunk. That's 518. And be not drunk with wine wherein access, but be filled with the spirit. 
said, be not drunk with wine and access, but be filled with the spirit. So what he's saying, when we are filled with the spirit, now understand when you have the indwelling, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you need daily fillings. You need daily fillings. He wants you to be full. I'm give you an example. Over there in John, the second chapter, y'all remember Jesus went to a wedding in Canaan. And when he went to that wedding, they gave out a wine. Jesus was there on the scene and the mother said, do what he says. What y'all, who's Jesus? The word, whatever the word says, do it. So Jesus, they had six water pots, six represent man. Those water pots were empty. Jesus said, fill them up. Y'all get it? Fill them up to the brim. He didn't want nothing lacking there. He said, fill them up. They filled them up. Then he said, pour it out. There was the wine. When you look at the water pots, that's us. We're the temple. He wants us to stay so full of him that when you pour yourself out, that's the Holy Spirit's power. People are going to taste and see how good God is because you stayed so full of him. Everywhere you go, you're so full of him that people know who you've been with. So that's what Jesus was saying. He wants us to be full of him. This is why we cannot let that light go out. Just like those 10 versions, five was foolish, five was wise. Five of them had oil in their lamp. Five of them didn't have oil in their lamp. The five that had it was wise because that oil, it represents the Holy Spirit. It's always burning. You got to have the Holy Spirit to help you, but you also have to have the word of God in order for him to help you. So when God began to show me this, staying full of him, and how do we do that? Through prayer. When you spend time with him in prayer, y'all, this is no joke. You cannot say that you're born again and not going in and staying continually full. That means you cannot get in the Bible on Monday and don't show up to several months later on another Monday and say you're full of him. Now you're not. You're not full of him that way. It's a continual filling because you empty out. You go through things in your life that you got to fill back up in him, in the word of God. So when you stay full of him, it is in prayer. How do I know this? After the day of Pentecost and Peter went in and the blind and the lame man was healed. And they're talking about the lame man, all of this. Y'all know they got um, in prison, right? But after they let him go, they went to their company of believers. Go with me to the fourth chapter of Acts. How many recognize you need the Holy Spirit? That he need to be on the scene. That's what we're missing. Allowing him to come in on the scene. And look what happened. It says in Acts 4.31. Nope. Okay. And verse 23. Acts 4.23, and being let go, they went to their own company, own company, believers, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. How many know that when we go to believers, the one that believe what we believe, we're telling them everything that has happened to us. This is what they did. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with what? One accord. They began to speak to God. Now, look at what happened in verse um, 20. 31 and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled 
with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. These were the same ones that were filled on the day of Pentecost. But they needed to be refilled. Why? They just went through some trouble. They just went through some things in their lives. So they began to fuel up again. What am I telling you? Teresa, you're going to drive your car till you can't drive it no more? Or are you going to stop to go gas a Scotchman or somewhere to say, wait a minute, I can't let you get on E. If I let you get on E, something might happen to my car. So I'm going to have to put some gas in you because I know the light's on for a reason. So you go fill up to go wherever you need to go, right? So they had some trouble. They had some things that come against them. So they began to pray. So prayer will help you to stay full of him because you connect him with him through the word of God. How do they connect? They begin to tell God the things that God done. They begin to praise God on who he was. They begin to stay full of him. Then the Lord began to show me even in the word of God, staying full of him in second Chronicles five. Go with me there. I want y'all to catch all of it. Some people say, do we need all that? Well, if you ain't been getting it, you probably don't think you need it. It's 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles. It's 2 Chronicles 5.13. Listen at this. And it came to pass as the trumpeters, singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices, okay, and this is what they were saying. Praising the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That's when the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. That's one thing that the Holy Spirit does. When the word of God is being spoken and everybody is on one accord with the word of God, guess what? The Spirit fills the house. He's there to come in on the scene and do what's being spoken. What am I saying? Even in music, we don't just practice to be practicing. We practice to come together to be on one accord so we can make the same sound. We don't just leave and don't get back in tune with what we just practiced. We let it roll over. We keep singing it throughout the week. So when we come back together, the musicians, the singers on one accord, they're singing and saying the same thing. And that's when the Holy Spirit said, I can come in and fill the house. Why? Because y'all are full of me. You cannot sing and be empty. You cannot just pick out songs and la, 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 Mary had a little lamb. And what happened? Nothing. Do we understand? You got to have word in you. You got to relate to what you singing. And if it's relating to the word, the Holy Spirit is going to move on you before you even present it to the body. If he ain't moving on you at home when Mary had a little lamb, how do you think he's going to move in here? If you don't know Jesus loved me at home, how you going to know it in here? How you going to move somebody on that tone and you ain't even singing it at home and meditate? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. He already helping me. We want to come in the house and show out in front of people, 
But we ain't taking the time at home to spend time with the Holy Spirit for him to show up at home. But we want him to show up in public so we won't be embarrassed. What happened? You what happened? It ain't the Holy Spirit, it's you. The Bible said they were on one accord. That's when the Spirit of God filled the house. It talks about in Ezekiel. Only thing some of us are filled with is offense. Can't say nothing without offense coming. Because that's what we full of. When we full of the word, we don't get offended like that. We take the word for what it is. Is that not right? That's right. I don't need a witness. Ezekiel 47. And Ezekiel 47 is talking about the water and it's talking about how they was measuring out. And it said the water got to the ankles. Mm. Got to the ankles, y'all. That's how the Holy Spirit do. Some of us just got enough water at them ankles. And you ain't moving nothing. Because you ain't been in the Word. So it's just right there at the ankles. And you barely making it through the day. You complaining. You're whining. You're going through. But yet you ain't spending time with the Holy Spirit. But then it said... The water began to move to the knees. Who's some movement going on? Why? Because every day I'm sitting before him, not because I got to do something to get something, but I'm sitting before the Holy Spirit, Miss Mary, because I want to know him. I want to know him in a more intimate way. I want to be able to know him to the point of that when he speaks, I hear what he's saying to me because I know he's bearing witness to the word. So the water comes to the knees then it said he measure out and then the water comes to the loins oh it's moving up then all of a sudden the water become a river where you can swim in it see the holy spirit is like a river and that river have to gush forth and go in many directions but see when you're not full of god the holy spirit cannot move the way the holy spirit need to move because you ain't taking the time to get into the word of god you're taking the time getting into everything else and the holy spirit won't show up because you're too much into you instead of being into him come on y'all we need to quit this we need to quit operating in the flesh because when you operate in the spirit it ain't you doing it you know it's the holy spirit because once you present the word you don't have to do nothing but speak forth where you've been what you got revelation on and as you get the revelation on that the holy spirit the breath of god that's coming out of you the life of god is doing the work of god and it ain't you and you don't supposed to be glorified he don't even glorify himself. He glorifies Jesus. And anybody that glorifies themselves, it ain't God. Anybody that's looking for glory, that ain't the Holy Spirit. Anybody that always want to amen and a hallelujah, look what I done, sit it down. You ain't ready yet. Because the Holy Spirit has come to do a work in you and through you. The Bible says he don't glorify himself. He glorifies Jesus. He bears witness to Jesus. So God is saying the Holy Spirit, he want the Holy Spirit on the scene. 
And if you call on the Holy Spirit and you recognize that he's there, no matter what situation that you're in, you say, help me, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm there to help you. And he brings the word back to your remembrance that was spoken unto you. And all of a sudden, peace began to surround you because of the word that was spoken. He's there to remind you of what the word said. So how is he going to remind you of the word if you ain't renewing your mind according to the word? Y'all, I don't want the word to be faded. (laughs) I want the word to be written where I just see it. And ain't no hesitation to know, thank you, Lord. I receive that word. This is why he said, my son. Pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For their life to what? To all them life to. You got to find them, don't you? And their help to all flesh if you want your body healed pay attention to what the word is saying about healing if the word says by Jesus stripes who stripes were they they weren't yours they were his you were healed this is what the Holy Spirit reminds you of when you're going through he said you already the healed The devil ain't going to tell you you already healed. He's going to say you're sick. You know you're sick. It's reminding me. Little children. Let me tell you something about little children. When little children around people that say sick all the time and they notice this and, you know, this is what they do. That little girl back there, young, she was going through. I don't believe she wanted to go to school that day. And her mama kept telling her, Yana, get ready. Get ready, Yana. Yana said, Quisha, didn't I tell you I was sick? (laughs) What am I saying to that? Let me tell you what I'm saying about that. This is what she was promoting. She was telling her, that's what we do, isn't it? But the Holy Spirit will remind us with the spirit of the living God that's in us. He will say, you are the healed. Of the Lord. He's given you a word from the Father. And you have to take that word and say, Yes, I receive what you're saying. And then you have to use your authority and you have to bind what's being sent at you. See, all of this work together, y'all. So God wants the Holy Spirit on the scene. He said, You got a helper and you steady calling on me. And you got a helper to help you, to assist you, to be there for you, to speak for you, to comfort you, to stand by you. But he's saying you're not being filled with him on a daily basis because you're not in your word. Praise and worship would keep you full of the spirit of God. This is why Paul and Silas, when they was in prison, they experienced it suddenly because they were so full of the Holy Spirit that the power of God, as they were praying and as they were singing, began to come out of their mouths, the breath of God, and an earthquake began to shake the foundation to let them know, I'm on the scene because you speak in my word and I'm releasing the breath, the power, the life of God to let people know I'm here. 
We have a helper. And he's here to assist you. He is in you. And everywhere you go, this is why Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. Meaning that I'm one man. But everybody that accepts my death, burial, and resurrection and accepts that, you're going to have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And those that accept the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have the feeling where the power of God is going to come upon you. And everywhere you go, do you imagine all of us in this room that have the Holy Spirit? And no matter if we go to Africa, no matter where we go, guess what? He's there. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Why? Because we're so full of him. This is why the centurions say, you have to come to my house. Because we can send the word. We can speak the word wherever a person is. We can say, wait a minute, breath of the living God. I speak healing right where they are in Jesus' name. And then guess what you do? You wake up your angel. And the angel take that word that's being spoken and deliver it. Come on, ain't God good? He said, you don't even have to be there. Just speak the word. Speak the word and go thy way. So this is what I'm saying today. The Holy Spirit, we need to use him. We need to call on him. We need to sit before him. You cannot do nothing without the Holy Spirit. God is letting me know that people in the body of Christ is just doing enough to get by. You become satisfied. You become satisfied with the same Thing. It becomes a ritual. Let me explain. Some of you may not be doing rituals, but if you're doing stuff to try to get something or you're doing stuff the same way, we go from glory to glory to glory. My teaching and preaching is supposed to change. It don't supposed to stay at your ankle. And the ones that's catching it, when I'm swimming, you swimming. You ain't in no little pool no more. If you up in here every Sunday and Tuesday, you're supposed to be under the water. You're supposed to be bringing that river in every direction because you're learning. Ain't no way a pastor can be in the same place for 20 years. You know why in the same place? Because they're doing it themselves. They tire. You know why they retire? Because they're doing it. God's word never retire. Because everywhere you go, you preaching it. You teaching it ain't no retirement in God. What does it look like somebody having a retirement plan? I'm sick of these folk. I'm retiring at such and such and such and such. Who gave you the right to retire? You couldn't even choose your own self. Now you talking about a retirement plan. Isn't this something? The Holy Spirit want to do a work, y'all. Everybody in here that's born again has the Holy Spirit. But God said, it is people that's doing just enough to get by to say, I've done it. Don't do it. Because you ain't getting nothing for that. When God gives you something to do, he has to anoint you to do it. You can't even do it yourself. When he anoints you to do it, you don't just sit down on what he's given you. I can't sit down on God now. It's getting too good. Y'all know what I mean? The more you get into the word, my husband know me, y'all. Go on about your business. I'll be right here when you get back. He know where to find me. If I ain't in the office, I'm in the living room with every book, spread it out. Just, just, just diving in, just diving in, just diving in. 
I said, God, I want to stay so full, not because I'm trying to impress nobody, but I want to do what your word says I'm supposed to be doing. It's already mine. I just want to talk about you. Oh, I just want to be about you. Y'all, I take the word and just feel it. Mm. Oh, them pages feel so good. And I leap off the page into my heart and come out of my mouth. That's what I be doing. Mm. Feel it. Mm. My husband looked at me. I said, feel it. I ain't into them Bibles. Uh Uh-huh, feel it. (laughs) I do it all the time. Feel it. Got to have her. Got to have her. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. That Bible got to go every which way but loose. You see that? It got to flip every way I flip. It got to, and some people tell me, that don't mean, yes, it do. When I'm studying the word of God, you're going to turn. You ain't going to be stuck because I don't want to lick my fingers trying to find no pages. Uh-huh. I want to do that. I want to go where I marked it. I want to go where I need to go. I want you to turn every which way I turn, bend every which way I bend. Because when I teach it, I'm in love with it. And when it get into me, no, I don't need the Bible when it get into me. But I want to hold on to something that's good. Something that I don't have to. Uh, it's, uh, uh, wait a minute. When you're in love with the word, you don't take in and everything. You want to take something that lasts. You pay some good money for it where it lasts and you can keep it for a long time. Let me tell y'all something. When you're in love with the word and it come out of you goodly, (laughs) what you do, people come up and ask you, can I hold your Bible? (laughs) You can hold my Bible, but it's already in me. Where you get that from? I can tell you where I got it from, but you might not want to purchase it. When you love the word, you don't mind paying good money for it. Do y'all hear what I say? You don't mind paying good money for a good Bible that you can carry around forever. You don't mind. You don't mind a good Bible with a lot of references in that'll reference you back to where it come from. Do you? I don't. One reference just ain't enough. I want more references because every passage don't mean the same. That's why it referenced you back to where it started. And then the Holy Spirit began to open it up. He began to reveal it to you. He began to come on the scene and he began to shed some light in the midst of that verse. And you're like, whoa, I hear you now. Paul, I know why you said them women should keep silent. Because they were prostitutes up in the church. See, nobody don't know about that. Because you ain't studied it out. Because see, in Ephesians, they will stand there in front of the synagogue, dressed with them high-up dudes, trying to show off clothing and makeup. Then they will come in the synagogue, the false teachers and stuff that was coming in, teaching these women all of this stuff. Then when the men be in there teaching, they be hollering out. And Paul said, y'all got to shut up in the synagogue. This ain't a place for you to be opening your mouth and asking them questions and trying to worship authority up in here. This is why, check this out, a man, an elder, which is a pastor, which is a bishop, which is an overseer, meaning the same thing, could only have one wife. Why? Because it was so many prostitutes, it was too many women. And they're using that 
preach. In that case, the woman, Juna, is that her name? Janaea, she was an apostle, and Paul said, help her. So why would Paul contradict that in Romans 16 and then go over to 1 Timothy and change it and then go in the book of Ephesians where they were having problems and say he descended or ascended up to God and he left some pastor, some teachers, some apostles, some prophets, and that means he left gifts to men. Look at in Greek, that means male and female. Why would he contradict himself? Because he was telling Timothy, Timothy, I'm going to leave you with these people in Ephesus. This is what's going on in Ephesus. So this is what you got to do. The women got to shut up in there. You got to have them at a hush. They want to worship authority up in here over these men. Because these false doctrines is coming in, these fables. That's why you better know what the word is saying. Going out and talking about a woman. Shoot, I know I'm preaching right. When you know who you are in him, you don't have to justify yourself to nobody. Just do what he told you to do. Do it. And it's so funny. If a woman don't need to preach, he should have just went on and created Jesus to set him on earth instead of a woman carrying the word. And the Holy Ghost had the nerve now. If the woman don't supposed to preach, why the Holy Ghost, the power of God, going to overshadow that woman and say, carry my word? God could have just come down already in the body apostle and say, from now on, only man can handle this. We don't need a woman. Men, some of you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a woman. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And guess what, y'all? Women and men have the same authority because God gave it to them. But through the fall, this is when God said, now, woman, this is why man is going to rule over you. Because of the curse. But we're no longer. We've been what? From the curse of the law. We share the same responsibility. Guess what? I'm a priest just like my husband. All of us are priests. Kings and priests. Part of the royal priesthood. But I honor my husband. I respect my husband. He respect me. We do things together. Because we're honoring the kingdom of God. God ain't going to tell him to tell me to shut up in the church. If I'm teaching his word. God ain't going to, because if he tell me to shut up and sit down, it's when in one end, come out of nothing, because I'd rather obey God than obey man. And that's when I cast that demon out. Because I know it ain't him. I know it is a spirit that used him to tell me to shut up. That's when you know your authority. This is truth. So what am I saying? The Holy Spirit, people. He want to come in on the same. You've been doing it by yourself too long. That's why you're struggling. There is no struggle with God. 
Whatever God give you to do, don't even say you don't have time to do it. Because whatever he give you, he give you his might, he give you his strength, he give you his ability. The reason why you ain't getting it done, because you're doing it in your own strength and you're putting something else before him. If you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things shall be added unto you. But whomever and whatever you put before God, that is your idol. God is first and foremost. I don't care what's going on in your life. When you call on the Holy Spirit, whether it's on your job, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in the church, when you call the Holy Spirit in on the scene, he's going to give you the word. He's going to show you how to handle it. Only thing you got to do is walk in it. It don't matter what people say. It don't matter how they feel. As long as you honor in him, he's going to honor you and he's going to be your protector. That's how it works. It's about him. It's not about us. So y'all, let's let go today. Let's let go of our preconceived ideas. Let's let go of what we think and how we feel about different things. And let's let God be whom he need to be in us and through us. Some of us cannot put him first because we have put everything else first. We have grabbed on to things that God didn't tell us to grab hold to. And then we're trying to find a place for God. God said, I'm supposed to be first place, not that. Nothing's supposed to be above him. And he will let you know what you're holding on to that's above him. God has already worked everything out for you so you don't have to carry what you're carrying. Jesus took that with him. So when it slaps you in the face, you say, "Uh uh-uh, that ain't mine. He said, cast your burdens upon me and I will sustain thee. Commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. Cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. So what we need to be asking God is, you don't put no more on me than I can bear. What have I put on myself that I shouldn't be carrying, Lord? I want to empty myself of me, not you. Whatever's blocking you from moving forward in my life, I want to dismiss it and I want to be still so I can hear what the Spirit has to say. Speak, Lord, speak. That means it takes time away from television. It takes time away from everything that's keeping you from him. And maybe you start out with five minutes. I mean, five whole minutes of just being marinated in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to sit here for five minutes. Y'all know how hard five minutes is when you got the world revolving around your head. You sitting there trying to hear the Holy Spirit and you remember, I see dishes. Oh, Lord. I see toilets. Oh, Jesus. I say, food that need to be cooked. Oh, oh, let me pay this bill, Jesus. But I'm going to sit here. I'm going to stay here. Because I'm going to get this body under subjection. So I can hear him. If I got to read this verse ten times, I'm going to do it until I break free from this bondage. Next day, I'm here, Holy Spirit. No matter what's revolving around me, I'm here. Be still and know that I'm God. I'm here outside of everything else. Next day, I'm here. When God see your willingness and your obedience, you shall eat the good of the land. 
God, I want to taste and see how good you are today. Holy Spirit, I want to hear what you will have me to hear. Open my eyes and allow me to see what I need to see. I'm here, Lord. Next day, I'm here, Lord. Next day, I'm here, Lord. Next day, I'm not here to get anything. I just want to be in your presence, Lord. I'm here, Lord. I'm here, and I know you're here with me because you say you'll never leave me, nor shall you forsake me. I'm here, Lord. Day 15, oh, I'm here, Lord. Day 20, I'm laying prospering. Oh, Lord, I'm here, Lord, and I know you're here, God. I'm here, Lord. Day 30, Lord, I'm still here. Guess what? It went from five minutes to an hour now. I'm still here. Lord, I don't want to go to work. Lord, I don't want to move. Thank you for showing up. I'm here. Day 45, glory, hallelujah, oh God, I thank you for your spirit, oh your word is nigh unto me, it's in my mouth and in my heart, the word of God that I preach and I proclaim, oh God, I thank you, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, and I hear him say, whom the son says free is free indeed hallelujah I'm free I didn't hear that day one I couldn't perceive it day one I couldn't grasp it day one but I'm free thank you Jesus and you just praise him with all that's within you because you know that you know, that you know, that you're free. And now, it ain't no more routine. It becomes so much a part of you. The moment your feet hit the floor, God is speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking. He says, don't go the way you've been going this morning. Thank you, Lord. Go in the opposite direction. Thank you, Lord. And when you go in the opposite direction, just being obedient, not asking no questions, somebody at work tell you, you didn't come the way you came the other mornings, did you? No. Well, if you had to come that way, you wouldn't be at work right now. There was a pile up. There was a ra- Oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Lord. And how else do I stay full of him? And I'm going to close by speaking in the power of the when you begin to speak in the power of the Holy Ghost, you building yourself up in your most holy faith. When you feel like that you can't even pray no more. The Holy Ghost is moaning and he's groaning on your behalf through you speaking in tongues. Words that you can't even utter on your own. But it's the power of the Holy Ghost that's in you, that's being released through you. It's between you and God. And now you're saying, God, I ask for interpretation of those tongues that I may pray them out in English. Oh, y'all just don't know. We have what we need. But yet we ain't using it because we're so stuck on us. We're so stuck on doing it our way instead of doing it his way. 
I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because when I don't know, I say, Holy Ghost, you know. And I need an answer. I need an answer right now because I can't move. Not unless you tell me what need to be told. Because I believe something's trying to sneak up on me. But I need your help. And when you go on about your business, the Holy Spirit began to talk through you and done gave you the answer. Y'all, we can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is bringing this message today because we've been thinking, we've been asking for his help, but we've been doing it on our own. And it's time out for that. It's time out to trust our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. He said, will you allow me to come in on the scene? Would you allow me to do my job and let go of you? Can anybody in here right now today can say that you can change your situation? You yourself. God's already changed it. The Holy Spirit is here to give you the plan of God. To tell you what God has already done so you can walk through it in peace. Knowing that it's already done. It's time to come from the ankles to the knees to the waist and allow yourself to swim through it, that river. This is why God had those four rivers going in each direction in that garden. It was coming up, wasn't it, from the ground. It was bringing forth. God said he wanted the Holy Spirit to come up and bubble through you and come out of you. Get to know the Holy Spirit. The more you know the Holy Spirit, you will know who to go to. Because he has everything that you need. He knows the word and he ain't going outside the word. It is time. To connect to the Holy Spirit. And if you've been connecting to him, continually wait on him. The enemy don't want you to hear him. This is why he puts stuff in your way to aggravate you. This is why he send people. Y'all don't know. The enemy need people to get his job done. He need people to harass you. He need people to bother you. Why? When he pick up on your weakness, he going to send the news. The radio, the television, if that ain't reach you, he going to turn around and send somebody in person. I figured that you needed this pamphlet. What in the world I need some mess like that for? Because he know your weakness. I figured you could use this more. Who told you to bring that to my house? Now, it's a trash can out there. No, 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 better yet, stand right there. Go get them matches and burn it up. You don't have to accept things that the enemy is bringing. Why do we do it? Because he know where we are. It's time for us to connect with the word. So if we connect with the word, we're going to connect with his spirit. And we can walk in the manifestation that God has already provided for us. Amen. Through his son. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah for the word of God. God's word is true. Amen. Hallelujah. We honor God and we honor his word. And we thank God that the word that God has, people need it. 
So that's why we need to be in it, y'all. We need to present the kingdom of God. We need to allow God's kingdom to come here on earth and his will to be done through us. So we have a lot of people in this room that can present the kingdom. But we present in so many other things that we forget who we are. We are kingdom beings. We are spiritual beings. We don't go on what the world does. We go on what the kingdom does. So I'm going to speak this. Whatever is going on in your life financially, spiritually, whatever it is, I'm here to tell you that Jesus has already overcome all of that. God knew what you needed even before the need came. So I speak that we are lenders and not borrowers. We are above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. We're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the fields. We're blessed in the fruit of our wombs. Everything our hands touch is blessed. The favor of the Lord surrounds us like a shield. We have favor with God. We have favor with man. We walk in the favor of God everywhere we go. The favor of God is right there with us. And guess what? We're going to speak over every bill and we're going to say, pay yourself off. We're going to say, pay yourself off. Because God wants us to be free. He don't want us to be in bondage. He don't want us to be in lack. He didn't create us to be that way. So that's why we speak to our bills. We speak to our situations. And as we speak the word, your Holy Spirit come and do a touchdown and say it's done. It is so. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It is so in Jesus' name. Amen. Do we have any visitors? Any visitors? Okay, we'll go ahead with our announcements, then we'll go with our tithes and offerings, and then we'll close with our um, blessing. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Amen.